Hey there, guys and gals, geeks and gamers. You're listening to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player co-op. Hello, 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 and welcome back to your Nerd of Godcast, that place where Christ culture and nerd culture come together, high-five one another, and share a giant frosty chocolate shake with two straws because they are just good like that. My name's Tony T. For the next few minutes, we're going to be talking about all the things that make us geek out and give glory to God. we got a very special guest tonight. This is sort of a, a two-man show, a one-on-one, a face-to-face uh, via the internet. Thanks, Zoom. And uh, and we're going, to be, we're going to be chatting a little bit tonight. We want you to join the conversation the best way for you to do that is to connect with us across all the social medias. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Nerd of Godcast. You can also email us at nerdofgodcast at gmail.com or you can check out our blog at nerdofgodcast.com for all of your Nerd of Godcast resources. I wish I had a dollar for every time I just said Nerd of Godcast. So much money that I could give to wonderful causes or buy hot toys. But I digress. Uh, we want to make sure that you guys get connected with us. You can also find us on Facebook in our small group Group. That's the Nerd of God Squad. Uh, we'd love to in- interact with you and uh, share some memes with you and help you live your dreams. Uh, connect with us in the Nerd of God Squad on Facebook. Send us a request. We're going to let you in the door. It's a great time. I'm excited tonight to have a guest back to the Nerd of God cast. He, he kind of has floated around our Aether and been part of our squad on the peripheral and uh, was actually even featured on the show uh, one time, maybe a special guest uh, all the way back at episode 16, season one. So a thousand years ago, we were a lifetime ago. Would you welcome back to the Nerd of God cast, Christian Zadek. What's up, my brother? Man, I'm so happy to be here. This is awesome. Yeah, I remember sitting in that room with you guys and there was like, a, we were worried there was a break-in, but it was just your family. <laughs> You say you say room, and room is is almost a, a too too nice of a term for it. It was an unfinished attic, basically. Yeah, but it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> we did. We had a great time, man. It was about uh, about four and some change years ago, and wow. uh, so we've got a lot to, to catch up on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so much has happened to the world in the past few years, not just the world, but your life as well. And, it's true. Uh, this is this is a, a profile. This really is a show uh, where I want people to get to know you. You are one of the people, Christian. Uh, you and your wife, even your kids. Honestly, man, you have two great daughters uh, who I just really look up to and respect so much. So, uh, for me to be able to open the window and let people kind of experience you, experience some of your story, and get to know you, so that they can walk away from this going, man, I, I'm glad to have gotten to sit with that guy for a little bit. I think that's going to be a real blessing for folks because you're you're a blessing to me every time. So, uh, thank you so much for making time to be with us. Yes. Yeah, cool man and i'm totally honored totally honored to hang with you and and be numbered among the squad for sure <laughs> well you are you are in it to win it man uh so what are you really into right now give us a little bit of a insight to your nerd flight patterns man what are you geeking out about oh man um so i know everybody's talking about this right now because of netflix but uh i just watched through avatar with my kids for the second time okay um, Avatar was something I missed, you know, it wasn't my, I was, wasn't watching cartoons or whatever at that stage and I missed it. But when I had kids, we got into Dragon Prince on Netflix, mm, yeah. a recommendation of a friend, which I just love. I love Dragon Prince so much. I loved all like the, I just felt like there was really cool spiritual metaphors happening and it was fun. And mm. then my friends were like, okay, go back and watch Avatar then. And I, at first I was kind of like, ah, it feels a little too young for me. 
but my kids were my kids loved it. They just love all the jokes and all the just they were so into it. And uh, you can get away with watching yeah. stuff that's a little young for you when you have young daughters. Exactly, exactly. That's what that's how I got into the Clone Wars. I've, yeah. I've been doing all kinds of makeup work with my with my daughters. So I have a twelve. They're right now. They're twelve and uh, nine year olds. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, just rewatched Avatar. Um, I and I I just watched Avatar for the first time. That's right. That's right. Have you finished? Have you watched? I, I did. I watched it all the way through, and See? I enjoyed it. And, you know, I think yeah. if you're a little kid and you're experiencing those kind of themes for the first time, it, mm -hmm. it probably is much more impactful. But for me, there were things that I'd seen other places. I'm um, so Zuko. Uh, it has a very Kylo Ren type arc. You know, you're yes. constantly cheering for him. He's constantly letting you down. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but it was it, it was a very satisfying story. Surprisingly uh, heartwarming. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if you had the experience. It's it's so heightened for me watching with kids because they're because of their level of investment. Yeah, and I think you know we've seen so many stories and seen the story so many times, but for them it's like they're so disappointed in Zuko. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're like the redemption <laughs> means so much to them. It's like he made the choice, the right choice, you know, and and yeah, and watching it through the second time when they know what's gonna happen, they could just appreciate the characters even more. Like, yeah. Uncle Iroh, man, they were they love Uncle Iroh so much that every episode they're like he's so wise. Or whatever. <laughs> they're just so into it. He's he's like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Mufasa and just all the great, wise, yeah. powerful characters ever. Yeah, I remember before I had watched the show when I never anticipated watching the show, someone was like, Oh yeah, what avatar characters would you be? You'd be Uncle Iroh. And I'm like, Of course, you know, make me the, the bald fat guy, you know, great, thanks so much. <laughs> and then I watch it, I'm like, Yes, I want to be Uncle Iroh. <laughs> That's right. This is yes. the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's a really What about you? Show. What have you been besides I mean you finished Avatar, but what else has been Well now I want to watch Dragon way? Prince because I had I had saved that and I didn't realize it's kind of made by a lot of the same people. Yeah. Some of the same talent and what I feel like they were able to do with Dragon Prince where it's a, or sorry, with with Avatar where it's some of the characters they're not all good and all bad, you know? There mm -hmm. there's some gray. They really do that well in Dragon Prince where you can kind of see everybody's points, you know, and, and then it's kind of left to you to, or you know, the audience to be like, well, I see why he did this or why he didn't. And, and there's there's a lot of those kind of moments that have just generated really good conversations with me and my kids too. Nice. And so yeah, I, I'm i really into it. I, I, I saw it before Avatar. So a lot of people who saw it second, they're like, well, it's not Avatar. You know, they wanted it to be the same. And for me, uh, that was what I saw first. And yeah, that's head and shoulders above the other stuff. And nice. in my humble opinion. Well, <laughs> that holds weight. Now, is it the kind of show that you have to have a nine-year-old and a twelve-year-old to be able to justify watching? Or definitely not. No, definitely not. If you're if you're already into cartoons, then you should be good. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that the large part of our listening audience is probably into yes. cartoons. Yes. If you haven't watched, yeah, if you're listening out there and you haven't watched Dragon Prince, give it a shot. You watch yeah. the first couple and see what you think. Yeah, I've been uh, once I got through Avatar. I don't know that I've really started consuming a whole a whole lot of TV shows. I, I just watched a show with my son, High Score, which is a documentary about the history of video games on Netflix. Uh, uh, nice. I've seen that. I haven't watched an episode though. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was good. It, was good. It, it was. It, it promised the the toys that made us or the movies that made us. It was uh -huh. a little slow paced uh, compared uh, okay. to those. But uh, if you're really interested in the subject matter, the the advent, the rise and fall of the video game industry, it, it's it's interesting. There's enough meat on the bone. To enjoy. I saw a little clip where the Japanese, the guy who invented Pac-Man, mm -hmm. he's like, we would always eat pizza. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and Pac-Man was born. That's it. That's it. Simple as that. 
I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. Okay. Inspiration comes from yeah. the most unlikely places. Yeah. <laughs> so just every time you're eating something, every time you now, and I want to talk about eating something because this is this is your bag, baby. Totally. There, there's a, there's a book and it says eating weird things. This stuff is totally my bag, baby, by Christian Danger Zadek. Uh, <laughs> it's true. But we'll we'll get to that later. Okay. 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 Uh, been really into comic books lately too. I've been wearing out my Marvel Unlimited uh, subscription, reading Daredevil, who is uh, I think an, uh, one of my favorite heroes. And oh, me and too, man. Fred. I have did you watched the loved Netflix. Daredevil. I did. I did, and there was a couple parts in there where like. I thought they did such a good job of portraying Kingpin's darkness, mm-hmm. where I was almost like shaken. I was yeah. like, man, because it's so it's so grounded, you know, and yeah. and not superpowers, and it's like, oh, this guy's actually dangerously broken, you know, and scary. Uh, but I've always loved that that um, reluctance in in Daredevil to be like. You know, it's. I thought that the Netflix series did a really good job of like balancing the the anger and you know all the all that that comes maybe from a broken place. Yeah, yeah. But then also the desire to be a hero and to be good and that that conflict within a, a hero is is really cool. Yeah, you, you use the word in the context of like Daredevil and Kingpin broken a couple times, and I think that was one of the most interesting aspects of it. Is they're not heroic out of the way of well, I have to, I have to fight, I have to be the guy. No, I don't like to see, I don't like bullies. It's not like the the mm. idealistic Captain yes. America, but because of that, the, but those characters are it's almost sympathetic in in the villainy, Kingpin. Yeah. And, yeah. almost, and 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 likewise, it's almost sympathetic in the heroism too. You almost feel bad for Daredevil that he is doing and feels compelled to do what he does. You almost want to see yeah. him be able to get out of it. Yeah, and something about the grittiness of that Netflix series. You know, he's showing up at court with all these Fight Club style bruises on his face. <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh we yeah, this wouldn't be good. This, no. this would not be good for a person. So yeah, yeah no, it's like it's it. and that, I love that. That's that's something about the character that is it's really consistent. That that confliction. And they, they tie in a lot of kind of Christian theme theology yes. to it, which uh, in the comic book arc that I'm reading right now, which is kind of up to the current, I have to find out about this this comic book writer because he's he weaves scriptures and Christian themes into the storyline so much that he it's almost like he's either a great researcher or he has to have some kind of background in yeah. Christian faith because it, it's just so respectfully and masterfully woven into not just they're not just slapping it on like a well let's throw a scripture verse on there uh, into yeah. the characters and the actions and the themes I, I respect that i think that's cool yeah me too that's really cool yeah so uh, i'll check out dragon prince uh you need to check out daredevil uh anything yeah. else anything else on your your radar i mean you're not going to movies these days i know do you know man i miss it so much i i'm the kind of guy who like who's like if i have a day off I'll go to the movies alone in the middle of the day just yeah. to like see it on a big screen. And I, I miss like the corporate experience too, of like seeing it, seeing a comedy with a lot of people. So you're laughing out loud instead right. of just like chuckling in your room. So I really do, uh, I do miss it, but no, I'm not going, I'm not going anything. And look, am I going to buy Mulan? I'm a, I'm a subscriber. I have the option to buy Mulan. I are are you going to buy Mulan? <laughs> I think no, I'm going to wait to hear. No question. I'm gonna wait to hear what people think. I'm not gonna buy it like right away. But if people yeah. are like, "Oh, this is," you could rewatch this. I might because let's you know, just say kids this, can watch it. Have you watched the other live-action Disney remakes? Yeah, 
Yeah. So you're nodding your head when you're saying that. That's kind of an agreeable. Yeah. 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 You're not going. Yeah. Here. Like we really liked Cinderella. That was I thought a, a great um, as as far as one of the remakes. That's probably my. I really liked Jungle Book. My kids didn't see it. The, the Disney Jungle Book. But yeah. I was. Yeah. I I liked that quite a bit. The the John Favreau one. I think um, you've I think you've named the two that are kind of universally praised. Okay. And then, and then you had no, and no, because Cinderella I thought was great. Jungle Book was great. Yeah. And then we, and then we had Beauty and the Beast, which is kind of one of those. Ah. Right. It was, it was hit or miss. Right. I thought it was okay. I didn't love that one. And then um, the same. Did you see Dumbo? I did not. How nobody else. Nobody else did either. <laughs> is it worth it? I, <laughs> I didn't. See it. I didn't see it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was hoping you could tell me. I did think Aladdin was pretty good. Aladdin was pretty like, good. I didn't. I didn't love Jafar, but. But Will Smith genie won me over. I, I was I thought that was I and liked that, was, that one more than Beauty and the Beast. And that was the part that I thought I was gonna like the least. And mm -hmm. I found him to be very charming. But and then we yeah. flip over to the the Lion King, which I think most people tend to say was unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, that's kinda how I it that I agree with, with the general opinion of like, wow, this it's the technology is amazing. <laughs> These animals look real, <laughs> but that's kind of the problem. <laughs> like yeah. we can't yeah. smile or whatever. So so we're, we're at kind of a 50-50 success rate for these Disney remakes. You're right, you're so, right. Uh, my problem isn't, is it gonna be good? It's, I don't want them to start getting into the idea that they can start charging me on top of them charging me. Yeah, that's true, good point. So we don't wanna reinforce bad behaviors. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which I, I did initially, I spent $20 on Onward. Uh, when, okay. Because they first put that out, they said, hey, when the theaters aren't open, we're gonna release this straight to digital. And mm -hmm. I said, that's fair. So I purchased it through my Movies Anywhere account. So I, in as much as you can own a digital movie, own it. Yeah, right. But, but for them to do it through Disney+, Plus, which I'm already paying for, mm -hmm. see, seems a little shady. Yeah. And you can no, give me as many was... Hamiltons as you want. It doesn't make you're up for right. the fact that you're going to charge me for... If it was Black Widow, though, would you be like, would you still be saying the same? Or is it because it's the live action animation? So if it was, so you're going to get me into splitting hairs here. No, I think it's because, like, I, even though I, I like Marvel movies more than I like maybe the live action Disney movies, I would still be hesitant. Now, if you rephrase that question and you said, if it was Endgame and yeah. I'm waiting for Endgame and there was no yeah. Endgame in the theater, then I would go, yeah, just tell me how much it costs. <laughs> just, just here, I'm going to scan my credit card. You just take, which, what, what do you I think just, is fair? I just surrender. Yeah, you know, that's... So. There's, there's a part of me that's like, we got to fight the good fight. And then there's another part of me that's like, I've just had this conversation recently about, about Facebook ads. And I realized probably like my three or four favorite things that I own are things that I bought off an ad. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I've only given into an ad a few times and it's worked out so well mm -hmm. every time where I'm, I'm almost like, Friends, maybe we should just surrender to the algorithm. <laughs> just just like, and, and and the more you click on it, the better it gets at knowing yeah, you. I've, yeah, I've I found lately I'm I'm stopping more on the ads than I am on my friends' posts. Yeah, man, that's so. I think it's a problem, but also I'm like, some fights are worth fighting, and others I don't know. <laughs> These are my favorite shoes I ever owned, so they might know something I don't. <laughs> they clearly they clearly have us figured out. Just all, if all you want to do is sell me things and all I want to do is buy things, I think we can have a beautiful friendship. Do you feel like we were prepared for that in any way by like sci-fi movies? I didn't think that the way like like predictive algorithms for getting us to buy stuff was going to be so sneak it's not even sneaky but just so the, like the like the future. But 
there's so many yeah. different versions of the future in sci-fi though. Like like yeah. you, you and I cut our teeth on Star Trek future where right. nobody buys anything in Star Trek. That's right. There's no, I mean, there's no money. It doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, you yeah, know, you, true. you might have like a model of the Enterprise hanging from your wall or, you know, a, 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 some something that you dug up on a on a planet somewhere. Like, oh, here's my Horgant. You know, like that's my, that's what I have. Yeah. But there's no real consumerism. I mean, okay. Sure. I have a trombone. That's what I have, you know. Uh, I have a yeah. it. But then there's other versions, the darker versions that are much more consumeristic. I, the one that comes to my mind is... Um, uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Minority Report. Yes, and they have mm -hmm. it's very, very heavily ad based. Yeah, they read your eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you know, in some ways, I think that we should have seen this coming. If there's a way to profit off of something, if there's a new technology, and someone said, "I can make a dollar off of that," yes, RoboCop should have been that. That should be what have yes us about the future. <laughs> You're right. We didn't, real, <laughs> we didn't realize they were they were grooming us the entire time. You're right. There were some more. There were some. There were some voices crying out in the wilderness. Oh my uh, goodness! To tell uh, us this, very wealthy individuals allowing social tumult so that property values would go down, so they can build a new city, so they can sell us merchandise. And oh my goodness, RoboCop nailed Robo the whole thing. <laughs> RoboCop side. RoboCop great, was great the Simpsons people. of R-rated '80s action movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so so speaking of futuristic stuff, man, you're yeah. you're a you're a Star Trek fan. Totally. Are you uh, are you a CBS All Access guy? I yeah, my uh, father-in-law had it, and so I I liked Picard all right, um, but I I was gotta say I was a big fan of of Discovery. Like um, they they totally had me at the with the uniqueness of the opening, you know, mm -hmm. like the where the protagonist was not just like gone rogue, but it was like no, everyone thinks I'm a terrorist level villain you know and, and yeah. like that that arc was that really that really got I, I i was surprised by the budget and how polished it all was um and season two i was into like the time stuff so like yeah i, I really liked um discovery quite a bit how did you feel about it as a og star trek knows when you throw the time time travel into it it's like okay i'm listening like because yeah. all the all the all the great star trek episodes were the time travel episodes they they always uh -huh. endured uh, they they did a really good job of modernizing it and making it feel the right amount of cynical, the right amount of complex, mm -hmm. without making it feel jaded, without making it feel like it was untrue to the source material. Yeah, it was still like, hey, we're scientists out here. We can, yeah. we can, science can do things. And yeah. So the universe still had the, a, a genuine and uh, I would say authentic Star Trek feel, but mm -hmm. the characters were way more complex than we would have ever gotten from Next Generation or even Deep Space right. Nine. Right. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's been challenging and good. And I love that they've woven, now we're all timey-wimey, who knows where we are. Uh, yeah. And, and I love that they're gonna bring out the, the new series with um, Anson, uh, what's Anson Mount? Yeah, Pike. As Pike. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because Pike was really compelling. He was like, he was wholesome, and, and but made it work. I was like, yeah, this is, this has yeah. got Star Trek vibes. So. Yeah. Now, I, I admit I'd never, I have not seen Picard yet. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think, I agree with. I don't have any controversial opinions. I agree with what most of the, the <laughs> buzz online. The internet was. speaks for me. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I wish I had a, a hot take, but I, <laughs> I'm kind of with the crowd on it. There's things yeah. I really liked and things that were unnecessary and kind of whatever. But I think at any time that you have like a let's revisit these beloved characters, uh, you're gonna mm -hmm. have oh that was nice and oh, okay well that was not necessary. Especially because he's like a, I mean 
if you know anything about Star Trek, it's like he's one of the few people that you like that you would know and like as a character could really um, hone in on. Mm. And especially they, they do this isn't a spoiler, but just stuff with his like history with the Borg and all that I, yeah. that I found interesting. But yeah, but he's clearly older, you know, and, and I think. They did. It was. It was fine. Is what I think. It was fine. It was fine. It's. <laughs> yeah. It's so strange to think, though. I mean, you say he's older. It's been thirty-three years since Next Generation came on the air. I cannot believe that, dude. Wow. I mean, isn't that nuts? I mean, it went off the air twenty-six years ago. Yeah. Wow. Right, man. That right. Is, that, I, I would not have thought that. Wow. And that yeah. being said, I mean, I. I when. It, I mean, of course, when the, when the show first came on the air, I was ten years old. But I thought, why do they have an old man as the captain of the Enterprise? He was old then. Right? He was old then. <laughs> So it's Patrick true. Stewart may be a vampire. That's what it's that was. That, the, the moral of the story is vampires yes. in space. Yes, and I think our our perspective on age evolves as we <laughs> age. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> how, how old are you now, Christian? Uh, I'm going to turn forty this year. Shut your mouth. It's true. I'm you know what? 40, uh, when you said when I asked you this question, my heart was prepared to make fun of you because you were going to turn thirty this year. <laughs> no, man. Holy cow! I guess I guess time being relative, age being relative, works both ways. Yeah. Forty years old. Nineteen eighty was my birthday. So well, yeah. well I'll, I'll tell you what, man. Forty looks way better on you than forty-two looks on me. Holy cow! <laughs> Walk around, people are like, do, do you and your grandpa want a booth or a table? Oh, what? <laughs> oh no! Why? Why? Oh no! I don't know why yeah. we're in a restaurant in this fictional scenario, but we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. So 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 okay. Star Trek is what it is, but the 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 more recent conversations because I follow you on the social medias, and I hmm. think what probably drives you Star Trek is probably a Christian Zadek passion. But yeah. when I look at the Zadek family, I see that Star Wars is where you're at. Oh, dude, they they love it. I'm sure I've told this story before, maybe even when I was on the podcast. But when I uh, introduced them to Star Wars. Um, it was through storytelling so mm. like i hadn't shown them anything and i just like it was like bedtime or anytime i was like that'll <laughs> tell another part of the story and star wars is one of the few things i know well enough to where like oh i could just like spin this yarn you're like c3po with the ewoks yeah yeah i'm like the lego <laughs> in, the, in the droid tales that's right <laughs> <laughs> they all they all fell asleep during the trade federation <laughs> negotiation <laughs> now, uh, so, but it was so fun, dude, because I told them the story and then I, and then they went away and drew pictures of like their vision of the Millennium Falcon and Chewbacca and all these things. And I have them somewhere. Do you great. really? You're a good I father. Do. That's amazing. Isn't that the best? That is amazing. So, That's like going back and looking at like the, the old Ralph McQuarrie drawings from the yeah. concept stuff. Yeah. Where he was like, yeah, Han was green. Was yes, an alien yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. So, but I will tell you, there has been few moments that I am as proud of as a father than when I remember exactly where we were sitting when I told basically the end of episode four, when uh, when Han comes in uh, and, you know, disables Vader's ship and Luke is able to, to destroy the Death Star. Like, my children, like, stood up and cheered. I was like, it's Han Solo, like, we knew it, we knew it. <laughs> I am telling you the truth, like tears welled up in my eyes for oh like my the, goodness. the joy of that moment for myself of like, you are experiencing <laughs> the glory. Okay. And so ever since then, man, we're, we, you're exactly right. We're a, we're a Star Wars themed family. Journey especially is, is way into it. And uh, 
But yeah. you, but you guys don't just watch Star Wars. I, I mean, your kids make Star Wars. There's so much creativity and artistry that goes along with it. I'm always seeing it's somebody's birthday, so we're we're gonna design an entire Star Wars themed birthday and uh, yeah. drawings, and it's it's really amazing to watch them pour back into their fan fandom. It's true. It's true. You know, my uh, I bought Journey a little five dollar crochet pattern. She's been way into crochet, and she made this Baby Yoda crochet from Mandalorian. Uh, only she and I have watched all the way through that. Uh, River seen most of it, but I put that on Instagram, and like so many of my friends were like, "Will she make me one? How much does she want to charge?" <laughs> and I was like, "Joe, you could think about having an Etsy store. I'm not joking." Just She's saying. Like, so she, another buddy of mine, was in the hospital recently uh, with a kidney stone issue, and so we, she, I got her to make him one and shipped it to him. Uh, but it was so hard for her to let it go. She's like, I love this one now too. I'm not sure I can. <laughs> she did fine. But the most recent thing we did was uh, we had a Mandalorian themed birthday party. So Journey, who just turned 12, she loves to make scavenger hunts for people. So we made her like a, a bounty hunter themed scavenger hunt. That is so cool. That's and so River, cool. River dressed up like a Jawa. <laughs> so one of the clues was like River was like, you have to go get me the egg. And then, and then the at the end we had like a, a design your own armor uh, station. So we had like all this cardboard and all this junk in my dad's garage that that we laid out on this table. And we had glue guns and and paint and like yeah we designed we spent like a week designing their mandalorian armor somewhere somewhere out in our, our listening audience right now there's like homeschool parents salivating just writing this down frantically that's it get on it it was <laughs> it was a big success <laughs> so so i guess last time we talked with 2016 had had the the new movies come out i guess we, we'd seen the force awakens probably not the last jedi yet yeah probably just that yeah and um there, uh, you know, so where I live in China, it's rare that, like most movies don't come out, but the big blockbusters do. And so Star Wars movies, um, they don't do as well in China, but they'll at least come to the theater so I can gotcha. see them, you know, live. And uh, yeah, it's fun to Do they do subtitles or do they do uh, translation? Yeah, you know, they used to do w. in China, they used to uh, dub everything. Mm -hmm. and um, into Chinese, but younger fans especially don't like that. They, they think it sounds weird, mm -hmm. kind of like we would think, you know? Yeah, and so yeah, they, yeah. Pre they prefer to hear the original language and, um, and uh, read Chinese subtitles. So yeah, okay. a lot of theaters will do both, um, but more and more it's just the Chinese subtitle. So no hot take on Picard. What's your, uh, what's your take on The Last Jedi? Bro, I, for a while, I was like outraged that people had such a problem with this thing that I love. And then uh -huh. I was like, oh yeah, this is just make-believe, it's fine. You can think what you want. So <laughs> I I really liked The Force Awakens, yeah. but I thought, you know, it could, there's parts that could be different, but I liked all the new characters and I was into it. And then I thought The Last Jedi was great. I liked, yeah. it wasn't what I expected, but I, I, I liked it. Like I liked, um, I don't know. It's not spoiler, right? I, but I just thought, at this point, thought, it's not. No, it's not. The moments with the new characters were great. I I, I loved the surprise of Snoke going down, and uh, yeah, I was I was confronted by, oh, Luke's not what I remember. But as I walked away, like that's good. Like that was good for me to like wrestle with it. Like, oh yeah, sometimes things don't go well, and like. You know, and and he, and he still got to do have this big redemptive arc. What I thought was a redemptive, 
arc at the end. So I thought they kind of had their cake and ate it too, and in a way that I really liked. It's not perfect, but I was a fan. I'm in the camp of people who think it's good. So gotcha. I, I really I, liked it. I don't know how I feel about it still. I, I, I think I dislike it, but I think that I don't dislike it for what it is. I think I mm. dislike it for where it went. In the same way that I don't, I don't mind like a, a, a scoop of vanilla ice cream, but I don't necessarily want it on a cheeseburger, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I think that you have this, a strong start with the Force Awakens, probably mm. as strong a finish as you can get with the Rise of Skywalker. But mm. then you have this other thing, which is, I think, well crafted and actually probably a better movie than either. But maybe of, it doesn't fit with the. But others. it just doesn't fit. There was mm -hmm. so much kind of start and stop of. Um, hey, this is all the stuff that we set up. Psych, none of that counted. Maybe let's just ignore that second one and wrap it up the way we feel. So mm. it, I think it, it robbed us of a trilogy. I uh, see. In a way that we might not have done. I think if Ryan Johnson had his own trilogy and could mm -hmm. create like some really compelling and challenging Star Wars mythos, I, I would completely welcome that. I just don't sure. like the way that they shifted tones so much in the middle of the Yeah. Trilogy. Or we might feel differently if Rise of Skywalker had gone differently too. Like if it felt like more of a continuation. Because I would agree that it did feel like it ignored a lot of what happened in The Last Jedi. Oh, and, <laughs> I mean, almost to the point of being obnoxious about it. Yeah, right. And so. But so to be I fair, The Last Jedi true. ignored a lot of what happened in The Force Awakens. Right, yeah, yeah, that's true. Or, uh, or did, like potential setup. Yeah. Did you expect Luke to just throw the lightsaber away? <laughs> the second no, he got it? no. And every time I see that, I'm like, well, okay, that's not great. I, like, <laughs> although I did love the meme. Did, did you just post or somebody just posted? The worship the... leader and the smooth ah. transition. <laughs> and it's like guy. announcement guy. Whoop! I've been there, man. I felt, I felt that one. I've been that on both crazy. sides of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to church. Oh, I know you're worshiping, but waka waka. Yeah. So now that Star Wars is kind of wrapped up with the Skywalker saga, what's the yeah. uh, what's the juicy fruit in the Star Wars universe for you? What are you what do you think is like this is Star Wars for me? Do you mean like what I'm looking forward to or what I like what's already you, out there? When you look back at it, when you see the the entire set of trilogies and then where in the original trilogy, I mean, you're old enough now to remember kind of growing up when we had three Star Wars movies and then we had the prequels and and now there's so many kind of side Star Wars things that yeah. actually count. Uh, so if you're looking at all of it and you're saying, okay, we've got the, the movies, we have Clone Wars, we have Rebels, we, there's so much Star Wars out there and it all kind of counts. Where do you see as like, if I, like this is this is good Star Wars right now for me. Yeah, that's a good question. And you're right, it is so varied. We had a scale of like 10 to McClunky. Like what's the, <laughs> what's the, how would we rate things, you know? Um, but why, I, why, why? <laughs> who did that? Who thought we wouldn't notice? Oh man. Uh, I, uh, the things that I like, it's so tied to family too, man, which she said like the, the, the things that I, rewatch most often like this solo is not my favorite by a long shot but that's the one my kids that's the best ride for them in terms of like fun and light and really and whatever so they'll watch we'll rewatch solo quite a bit they really like clone wars um yeah. and especially that new season of clone wars was uh, was amazing like it was it was really really good um 
So, so what I love about Clone Wars, let me just say, is how I feel like it it takes things that happened in the prequels and makes them mean more to me, yeah. and and fills out like like Darth Maul was already pretty much the best thing in the prequels to me, like like yeah. like all the mystique around him, and there was such a potential for them to ruin him. But what they did with him in the cartoon, I thought was great. Like I thought that development was really good. Um, what in they Clone did with Wars, Anakin in, in Rebels too, with, you know, bringing yes, Darth yes, Maul yes. and leaving him into that story. Sorry, yeah, I'm saying Clone Wars, but yeah, both both those animated series. Um, I think the yeah man there's so much to like and even like droid tales which is silly and funny do you know like when i watch when we watch the real movies with yeah. uh river so okay so in droid tales if you haven't seen it there's uh they make this joke uh from episode four when um luke and uncle owen are picking the droids and they take c3po and not r2d2 right well in the cartoon version r2d2 runs around uh sabotaging all the other droids <laughs> like he, <laughs> he puts a bomb and he wires them wrong and, and messes them up so he has to get chosen we, you know it's just a little silly throwaway joke but uh when we watched episode four last time uh river my youngest daughter she's like oh yeah this is the part where r2d2 messes with all the droids That's you know funny. like like she, it's almost it's almost like a Lion King one and a half, right? It's yes, like they weave yes. all these other little things. It's like that's happening in the background right now. You can't see it, but yeah, dude, yeah. that's funny. Mm. I really like Mandalorian for what it is. Yeah, but I, I I have really so enjoyed the new trilogy. Um, I've been on the positive side of almost all of the all of the new stuff that's come out, and so um, yeah, I think it, what I what I feel is there's always something for me to to love. Not just like a little. There's always something for me to be like, man, this was awesome in the in Star Wars movies. And so, I don't know if I've just grown into more of a positive, glass half full person, <laughs> surprising everyone. I don't know what happened, but but you're yeah, the kind of you're the kind of guy that they want. You're the one who clicks on the Facebook ads. Yeah, exactly. I'm like I'm like it's like episode one, and I'm like, but guys, that lightsaber fight was dope, and they're like they're like. We hate baby Anakin, and I'm like, okay, okay. I don't disagree with you, but Darth Maul, that double blade lightsaber fight and duel of the fates, still red. It yeah. still holds up. It still holds so, up. And and yeah. you know, there there's so much to that. Like, uh, do you know you know who um Topher Grace is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, from what I, I read an article that he took the so the trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and edited them into one movie. He's, oh really? Yeah, he's become a very pro prolific editor, and uh, huh. that's that's his passion. So he edited them into one movie, and they, and he's not allowed to show it for legal reasons. Sure, sure. But the people who have seen it have said it's brilliant. It completely redeems and mm. and captures the heart of those movies in such an yeah. amazing way that you can see there's so much great redemptive content there. It just mm -hmm. got bogged down by a lot of stuff that was slow or unnecessary or just mm. uninteresting. Yeah. Yeah, and I just, I give, I have so much grace for uh, George Lucas to have like created it and then try something different and, you know, kind of stuck to his vision. And even McClunky, it's like, okay, you know, keep changing it. <laughs> it's fine, man. It's, it's, I get it that it was your thing. And so I've just, I've been a fan for forever. So it's, it's really hard for me to, Star Wars would have to do some really crazy stuff for me to not like it. I guess I didn't, okay. Now that I said that, I remember I watched a, a, a little bit of the um, the newest cartoon, whatever came after uh, Rebels. Yeah. Uh, res, 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 resistance. Was it, was it Resistance? Yeah, with BB-8. That that. Yeah, yeah, dude, that wasn't good. <laughs> so, 
So there you go. I guess that's my life. All right. All right. And yeah, everything but... else is somewhere between that. And... Fair enough. Fair enough. We're like, that's, do you remember a couple of months ago, everybody was like ranking the movies. It was like, this is the definitive ranking of best. And yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But I almost did a post where it was like, Star Wars Holiday Special, last. Last. Everything else. Everything <laughs> else know? is fine. I almost did <laughs> Ask this question. It's like a flowchart. Is B. Arthur in it? If the answer is yes, don't watch it. If it's no, you'll be fine. You'll yeah. be okay. Do you, do you see Chewbacca's family? <laughs> um, at, at any point, is there a Wookiee named Lumpy? If, <laughs> if, if the answer is yes, please move on. Does Jefferson show up? Did you hear we're getting a new holiday special? Are we really? Disney Plus, there's going to be, I think it's, I don't know if it's Lego. It's, def, it's definitely animated. It might be a Lego Star Wars holiday special uh, in this year. I, I will watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will watch it because I click on the Facebook ads too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can I can get behind it. I like what they're doing. I Dave Filoni to me is a guy who gets Star Wars. Yeah, dude. And not only gets it, but like he's been in he's in this dream position of not only getting it but being able to influence it and weave new elements that are like legitimately into the storyline. Stuff mm -hmm. that 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 you would see pop up from Rebels or whatever is in the Mandalorian is in the movies. It's so like cool. All of these things are, have become legitimized and that's that's pretty cool. If I, if I I, I, I think Dave Filoni is like the cool has the coolest fanboy job. It's like him and Kevin Feige somehow just like stumbled into this these dream universes where they get to be the the Willy Wonka of their own fandoms and that's that's yeah. to me I, I'm enviable. Someone out there is studying the the chart of their career path and being like, okay, how do I go to producer school so I can? So, so if yeah. if this is you and you get to you get to take over one franchise, one universe, and and just leave your thumbprint on it, where it's like forever and ever, people are always going to go back and say, this is what this was, and then this is the Zadek era. What uh, what franchise, what fandom would you take over and want to leave your mark on? Wow. Yeah, how's Good that question. for a loaded question? Good question. What franchise would I want to leave my mark on? Yeah. Because the first place my brain went was like, what's something that's bad that needs to be better? <laughs> you know, <laughs> as opposed to like Star Wars, where I already love it. Like, it would be so fun to have a hand in it, but also I just love experiencing it so much. Um, well, let's say we can take the pressure yeah. off of you and we can say, we'll put this this question on, on the, the Nerd of God Squad page on Facebook. We'll Good let the question. squad answer it and then you can jump in on there and they can hear what you we'll have do. to say about it in that We'll context. do, totally. Let us know out there. What's, <laughs> the, what's the franchise you want to leave your mark on? And like, how do you go about deciding that? Because I... <laughs> I felt yeah. a little stumped. <laughs> so, so speaking of leaving a mark, you you have been a content creator for a long time. Uh, mm. You're you're not just a person who clicks the ads. You're not just a person who consumes media. You've actually created kind of your own cultural imprint, your brand. Um, can we talk for a quick second about street food? Sure. Yeah. Really, the first YouTube series that I made my must-watch show. People talk about YouTubers all the time, and I uh, I, I know Retin Link, and I know Street Food. Uh -huh. And uh, so, so tell us how this got started. What is street food all about? Yeah. So if you're listening and you're not aware, I had, uh, I guess I still have. I was going to say, you can't use the past now. tense anymore, really. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not actively making episodes now, but I, I altogether have about 170 or so episodes of this show. And the idea was I was living overseas. And if you've ever been uh, living cross-culturally for <clears throat> any length of time, you realize 
sometimes it's it's like really hard to get out of the house. Everything outside is overwhelming. Like you know, I can't I can't get food. I can't like talk to a taxi driver. I can't read anything. And, and you start to just be like, let's just stay inside. Um, and that's not good if you want to have an impact on a place. And so I decided that I could connect around some things that I'm passionate about, uh, which is making videos and snacks. Uh, and uh, Chinese food is like is so good and it's so diverse. And most people um, in the West don't have really a sense of all that there is to offer. And I certainly didn't before I lived there. And so I decided to start making these um, short, uh, my first my first season they were all like one to three minute long um, mini episodes where I would tackle a little piece of Chinese culture and a snack and like sometimes you'd meet other people in my life and it was a way for me to show people uh, that wanted to know uh, where I lived you know and like part of what my lifestyle was and then also uh, anybody else who wanted to check it out could see some some cool snacks and I don't know my personality <laughs> I, I worry sometimes when people uh, meet me on the internet first or on YouTube first because I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is kind of a persona though, guys. I'm not like, is I it recently, though? I recently had this like job, not really job interview, but kind of, and they were like, they were like, oh yeah, we've seen your episodes. And immediately I was like, oh, which ones did they see? Uh, was, was everything polite? <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> so it's out there for better or worse. And, uh, yeah, so that's how it started is I just wanted to, to introduce people who already knew me to parts of my life and then yeah, after it blew up, um, I just enjoyed making it, you know? I never did, I almost didn't do any sort of like uh, search engine optimization or any of the stuff you're supposed to do to grow your channel um, because, and I have so much respect for people who do that. Uh, yeah, me too. It's a totally different skill, you know, than mm -hmm. making the thing. Yeah. And I'm actually just admittedly not good at it. And sometimes it's, it's hard for me to even to even try because I feel like it feels like I'm trying to get people to watch it, you know, which is, I don't is like that not that. the goal. Well, the, no, for me, the goal is I want to make something cool right. and put it up there. And then really, if I was like, so yeah, do I want people to see it? I mean, I guess because I made it, but I don't want it enough to, to grow this other muscle of, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? And and there's people out there who do. And uh, honestly, I do have like a ton of respect for them. As a YouTuber, that's my biggest downfall is that I, that I don't have that. And it's hard for me to cultivate that. Um, I probably should have hired somebody to do that for me. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then maybe my channel would have gotten even bigger. But. So the the goal, I guess, for some people on a YouTube is to monetize. They want to make they want to make profit on it. So that's clicks sure. e clicks equal money when you get to a certain point. So right. this wasn't about the money for you. This wasn't about like I'm going to be YouTube famous. Exactly, exactly. No, and in fact, I even felt a little embarrassed by by some of the company that I kept in that way because not that there's anything wrong with uh, making like a side hustle and making making some money off it. I think that's great, if, especially if you're if you're making good content. Like more power to you. But I. I wanted to just get out of the house. I wanted I wanted to make something for people who already. And then and then the more that I made, the more I was like, well, this is cool. And then the more like involvement that I had, kind of with my fan base, that was really. It started to be like, well, I want to keep making videos because these people like them. Yeah. But the thing is, it was a small enough group of people that <laughs> it was hard to hard to justify after a while. I think. Yeah. So yeah. Because uh, making video takes time. I mean, especially exactly. especially when you're not just making a video sitting in front of a screen, you're actually going out and traveling across many, many countries 
to do this. Yeah, and some of those were the funnest episodes. You know, where I would do road trips. I got I got my equipment to a to a standard uh, that seemed to please everyone <laughs> by the end. But um, you, you're running yeah. content that it's like full on Food Network level content. I mean, maybe uh, not you know production value and stuff sure, like that. Sure. But I mean, but you're you're walking down the same streets that Anthony Bourdain would have walked down. Right. I mean, there's no difference between the places you're you're eating and the things that you're doing. And you're you're having that same formula. You're bringing that content, um, but without yeah. without wanting to put all that extra money and time and effort into it. Uh, I can see how that can be a little frustrating. Yeah, I, you know, it was a hobby that took a lot of time and. and there were there was I got to a point where I could pay I could afford like some better equipment because of the channel or I I, I took a trip to Korea that was basically paid for by patrons um, and so that was really cool that is cool uh, but it's just I have other interests too you know and after a while as as much time as it was taking um, and yeah it started to my passion for it started to ebb a little bit it, it isn't to say that I wouldn't come back and do it but my advice because there's people who quit a lot earlier than me and this is what has like sustained me through it is that I really chose to embrace my limitations when it comes to video production and YouTube. Like you're exactly right. I don't have a camera crew. Yeah. I have, it's you for the longest time. I just had like a little handy cam or a phone, you know, that I was, that I was shooting the episodes on and finally I got a better mic and, and all that. But, but what I could put time into was like the, the script for the episodes, you know, my little jokes and my little, my little tidbits and whatever. Most of that like is, is written out and, and so I, I, I wish you would have to... told me that. I feel like you just you just punctured the fantasy for me. That... <laughs> no, yeah, it's, especially if you watch the editing, you can tell. Oh, that took a lot of takes. <laughs> 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 but but yeah, I like to uh, I like to maximize the things, the, the quality that I can put in, and not stress over the fact that it's, I'm not shooting on a three hundred thousand dollar camera. You know, it's, right. it's not going to look like that. And I found a lot of people who quit earlier, it's because they're trying to make something that they're not embracing their limitations. And, and sewing into the thing that they, that can make it special, they end up trying to make it. Yeah, trying to make something that they're, Every, they're everybody wants to be Food them. Network, and if they're not, sure. it's it's not good. Or whatever, or whatever you think is so Food Network, or, or whatever you think is, it's like there's, it's it has to do with uh, how you put in your time. And since it was a hobby for me, it was a side thing mm -hmm. that was clearly limited, you know. Yeah. So anyway. I can, I can see that. Some people might get frustrated if they can't be Star Wars, they won't settle for being Battlestar Galactica. You know, like that's right. just, it's like, I, I have to be this. Because the goal then, I guess, is fame, fortune, and and notoriety, as opposed mm. to the satisfaction of just being part of the process and getting yeah. to experience the things that you get to experience, whether it's the locations or the food or just the community uh, of followers. That's That's encouraging to me. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we go through these seasons. We're, we're about to wrap up. Uh, this is the, the penultimate episode for our season five. My next episode will be our final season for season five. And, you know, I go, I, I, I feel like this is a unique time. And I'm going, you know what? Maybe it's time to kind of pull the curtain on this thing and, and wrap up Nerdy Godcast and mm. you know, move on, find a different thing. I've really struggled with that, you know? And, mm. and, and even the content that we're going to talk about in this episode, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to use. I'm continuing to frame things in my experiences and, and trying to obey the voice of God but yeah um, but one of the things that I look back on is I think I felt like this at the end of every la last episode of, of every season like, mm -hmm. oh, what are we? but you, you, I don't know that my I have to keep my goals in mind are we trying to be the the number one podcast in the world no what did right. we set this thing up for man it's just to, to build a community of people that are believers 
that mm -hmm. uh, can be encouraged, that it's okay to be believers within their, their fandom and to change the perspective of non-believers and to be reminded that, hey, Christians are not all monsters, you know, that just want to hit you with a, a Bible or a voter ballot or right. their finger at you that you're not good enough for whatever reason. Yeah, exactly. You know, you guys are a space where in terms of the other comic book or, or nerd themed spaces on the internet, I, I guess I'm not an expert, but I love the, the positivity, you know, the vibe there. And, and also I'm gonna get uh, uh, Christian-y nerdy things there, <laughs> which like that worship leader meme, I freaking love that dude, you know? And so I thought that you don't find that in, in all the other ones too. So I think there's a, a niche, a niche uh, thing there for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, I, that, but that's where we live. I think it comes from, from a level of authenticity. If right. you, most people don't, cause you didn't put them on YouTube to my knowledge, but you were making videos before you ever went uh, to Asia. Oh, for sure. And that, I mean, since you were in college, you were making videos of different trips you'd been on and different wacky yeah. adventures and stuff like that. The, the creativity was, was really something that you carried with you. The venue, uh, was what gave you the specificity of the opportunity. You know, yeah. for me, nerdiness was nothing new. A podcast didn't make me nerdy and, okay. and nor did it make me Christian, but those elements of who I am come out in with the platform that I'm at. I think that's where a lot of people get twisted up about their, their calling and their ministry. They feel like, well, I can play guitar or piano, so I'm a worship leader. It's like, well, no, you're a follower of Christ. And at this moment, he's using you to lead worship, but we're not limited by the position that we fill. We're, uh, right. we're, where we are is where we're called to be faithful. But David was no less a man after God's own heart when he was a warrior than he was when he was a shepherd or when he was a king. Yes. When he was a songwriter or, you know, whatever, yeah. wherever you're at. So. Yeah, that's a really good point. And two, I think it's like the, so much is unseen. Hmm. You know, I like this idea that nothing that we do for the kingdom is wasted. Right. Um, and there's many times I've been privileged to get to see the fruit of my labor. But you know, being in ministry for as long as you have, there's hundreds of times where you, where you don't get to see it, you know? Yeah. And it's, and maybe there's fruit that's visible, but for sure there's fruit that's invisible yeah. that with regard to building the kingdom and and what's, what and atmospheres shifting. And so, yeah, you're playing your guitar in your room by yourself and things are happening, you know? Um, they're just not things that we monetize maybe or measure like you know that we're talking about yeah but they're things that have weight and and they're certainly not wasted in the kingdom and creativity is like that too i think um yeah. allowing allowing god to fill up what uh what you make in, in the context of street food you know there's probably uh, so many adventures that you went on so many things that you tasted so many people you got to meet that never made it to the camera that that you know in your heart that made an impact on you but that will never be seen by the viewing audience so yeah, so many stories that I didn't get to tell. So many stories that you yeah. didn't get to tell. I mean, I think about the end of the, I think it's the Gospel of John. When John writes, he's like, look, if we wrote down all the things that Jesus did, like, forget about it. Mm. You use the word unseen. Like, there there are unseen elements. You know, there are things that yes, don't make yes. it to air. And uh, and it's fun how God works in those moments. Sometimes it's it's for the, the audience and sometimes it's for you. Yeah, totally. Just just you totally. and the Lord. So, so you did this 10 years ago. To, to get you into the position where you could eat all these weird foods, you mm -hmm. and your your wife, uh, and you'd been married at that point for how long? About five, six years. Let's see, two thousand eight, two thousand three. Yeah, six years. Six years. And five or six. I, I remember, and I think I told this last time you were on the show. Um, 
you you came and you spoke uh, with uh, with our youth, with our students, and, and uh, you, we were you, you slept on my couch that night, and we were talking that night. You know, how what's going on? How we be praying for you? And you said, "Hey, pray for us on this. This is something we're dealing with." And I'm like, "Oh wow!" Like God's actually calling this guy to leave everything behind and go to a place where he's not familiar with. That's a pretty yeah. big prayer request. Let's see what. Ha- and then you did it because yeah. a lot a lot of people feel the urge, but not a lot of people you know go for it. And yeah. you did. You you mm. up stakes. You left your home and you went to the other side of the world. Yeah. How in the world for for all of the people that are listening right now that feel the call of God on their heart but think, yeah, why is God calling me to something ridiculous and impossible? Mm. How how did you trick yourself into actually doing <laughs> that? Like, explain yeah. that to me. Yeah. Now I've been thinking about this even in the context of our of our conversation, thinking about the journey of. <laughs> of the Star Wars movies and, and stuff. Uh, <laughs> How did like... you leave Tatooine and go <laughs> join the rebellion? Yeah, okay, that's pretty much nowhere. No. I, I uh, have, there's probably so many answers to, to that question. Um, you know, we could talk about like, what were the biggest obstacles to have to overcome in order to like um, say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, I just felt that as we brought everything before the Lord, um, you know, all of our, all of our reasons, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, listeners, uh, all of our reasons to stay behind just felt so empty mm. in the face of my creator, uh, inviting me into a thing, you know? And, um, we initially only committed to go for two years. Now that we've been there for 10, it seems like we decided to go for 10. We didn't, we decided to go for, for two mm. and then uh, we stayed, and the reasons that we stayed are, are probably different than the reasons that, that we first went. You know, I, I think we stayed because we realized it wasn't about. A lot of people will think about, oh, there's so much work to do. That's true, um, and we would sometimes be discouraged. Uh, you know, on my mother and father-in-law street, where there's literally five churches in a row, and if you go far enough, there's there's eight churches within like a two-mile stretch. Um, which praise the Lord for churches. Yeah, we, yeah, were like, we love it. We were like, there's our city of 10 million people has like two, you know, and we we're like, uh, no, that's that's a reason to to be in a in a less Christianized place, and that's fair. Like that's that's statistics or whatever. Yeah. But those weren't what compelled us. I think I think we realized God's invitation was not an invitation for uh, us to come and suffer. Uh, he's, he didn't say, I want to invite you um, to be destroyed for the sake of the kingdom. Um, I mean, we've had problems overseas, just like people have had problems not overseas. It's not, right, there's not right. a charmed life anywhere, but so it's not like that. But uh, it's not as though he was saying, I'm, I'm inviting you to no problems. But he's inviting us to bless us. Like God, God invited us because he wanted us to be with him and what he was doing. And the, the more that we had a sense of that, of being on board with what God's doing and how blessed it felt to be a part of that. Um, we kept coming back and people would say, and they still say this, they're like, we're so impressed with you. We could never do what you do. And I, I feel like I'm just not making myself clear when I say how blessed we are. I'm yeah. like, guys, we are the lucky ones. What are you talking about? And they're like, no, we could never do it. And I'm like, I must not be using the right words to communicate because <laughs> I feel fortunate 
I can't believe that he invited me to get to do this. And you you're know? very you're very careful with your words, uh, not in a bad way, not in a yeah. duplicitous sort of way, but uh, you weigh words very carefully when you come. Uh -huh. Uh, I've, I've listened to you speak to a room filled with people and I watch you as you search your heart for the right words to use. Mm. For you, I think words are measured in their impact more than their uh, you know, consistency, more than sure, sure. quality over quantity. And yeah. you keep using words. I hone in when you get repetitive on a word. Uh, mm. I, I would use a word like God called you. You're using a word God invited us. Yeah. You use that word again. What brought you from one to the other? What made you choose invited as the word that you use? Yeah, no, I appreciate you noticing that. And I and I do think I tend toward that because you get invited to a party. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get invited yeah. to, uh, you don't get invited to prison. <laughs> it's, it's not like a summons or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's not. You've court. been subpoenated to go to yeah. Asia. <laughs> right, no, no, it's, it's uh, I'm inviting you into to be a part of what I'm doing. Yeah. in this other place and and by saying yes you know uh, to a thing that seemed crazy to many people or seemed seemed kind of out there and and probably for us there was there was ways where we were like challenging ourselves but if you if you look at the whole timeline of our life and you see like other choices that we made leading up to that point you can see oh it wasn't that crazy that they went you know God's God's been had his hand in, in that uh, we don't have time to talk about all that but in the moment when when we were deciding to go to China there was still some some hesitancy you know um, I remember there was a there was a three-week period where we had asked a lot of people a lot of folks to, to lift us up and so many things went wrong like uh, like suddenly out of nowhere we got like really nervous about money which is something that we hadn't been um, our daughter at the time we only had one daughter she got super sick and uh, a few other, we had some, some, some really troubling dreams and there were some things like that. But what I remember out of that time was that like, as hard as that was, God was so present. It was, it was just like, 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 okay, so the sickness one, we took our daughter to the, to the urgent care uh, and they were like, uh, yeah, that's really severe fever. Um, give her Tylenol, give her Motrin, put her in the bath, cool her off. And we were like, God was like, yeah, you could do that in China too. <laughs> so you know what I mean? It was like, oh, this was really scary and this was really serious, but saying yes to this, like like my daughter's health isn't a reason to say no. Do you know what I mean? Um, money isn't a reason to say no. These are these are fears, these are things that the enemy is bringing to come against you. But when, you, when, I, when we brought those to the Lord, they were like, they were real. I'm not gonna say those fears weren't there, but they weren't good reasons to say no. Yeah. Uh, and I'll never forget, dude, when we got there, I'm not gonna tell the, the long, long story, but I'll just say, I had such a sense of confirmation from the Lord um, our first night there. It was, a, it was a mess, it was this terrible hotel. I want you to picture the worst hotel you've ever stayed in. I promise you this was worse, okay? This was like, <laughs> this was like take what you did and then like add some Mad Max level elements to it. Um, it was bad. We got to the no. airport. We were, we were leaving the airport, we'd been up all night. Uh, the, all of our bags couldn't fit in a taxi. They couldn't even fit in two taxis. So we were split between three taxis and our bags. Wow. <laughs> we're just driving, it's the middle of the night, we get to this hotel, we drop our bags, on, we drop one of our bags on the bed and this cloud of dust, yellow dust just flies up into the air and then this stays there, it's like Blade Runner. Oh my uh, goodness, and then, no way. And then I was like, I'm gonna get a shower and I turn on the water and it smelled like sulfur. You know, it smelled like, like, the fires Nasty. of Mordor, Ugh. and I was Nasty. like, and I thought, 
I was like, oh, this is what it's always going to be like. Turns out the water wasn't always that bad. It was just like that that hotel room hadn't been used in a while. But I was I got in that shower and I was like, this is my life now. This is yeah. what I've said yes to. And in the, that night, oh, then and also our daughter who had slept great the whole flight was wide awake, so she's in her pack and play with a little mini DVD player uh, with Veggie Tales, and it's like <laughs> I push play and try to sleep for 40 minutes, and then she's like, hey, uh, and then I go. Please play again, change the disc, <laughs> whatever. So it was one of those nights and the Lord just met me. It's one of the few times where I've been like, thrown my hands up and been like, what have I done? Yeah. You know? Um, wow. And the Lord just totally met me and, and really spoke to my heart. These promises of like, because you've said yes, um, you're going to see my faithfulness, you know? And I promise you every time it got really hard in, uh, in China, I would be brought back to that very visceral experience of, of God's presence in our, our, our very first night there. And I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is totally worth it. It doesn't matter how severe our troubles are. Um, this is, and that sustained us for 10 years so far. Do you know what I mean? And, and so, yeah. So you, you talk about the invitation of God. You're talking about, hey, God is asking us to come do this. He's inviting us to come mm -hmm. do this. How did you know that it was God? Yeah, that's good. And one thing I wanted to say too, just to circle back, you can, you can say no to an invitation. Do you know what I mean? And I, I like that word too, because a call, when we use the word calling, sometimes it feels inevitable. It feels mm -hmm. like destiny. And like there's, a, like there's a whale right behind you waiting for you to say no. Yeah, yeah. Say no, see what happens. Um, <laughs> but as, as I'm getting older, just the more that I've walked with the Lord, I feel he's, you know, he, he makes an invitation and, and you can say no. And I mean, he's not going to be, it's not like, well, now he's going to love you less because yeah. you didn't say yes to come to, to the thing. He's gonna... I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> right. Even that, like, like the story of Jonah notwithstanding, I feel like generally <laughs> the Lord, the Lord allows us to say yes. You know, I think mean, yeah, he, he's not in the business of, of forcing our hand. Um, at least that's been my experience. And so, so anyway, that's why I use the word invitation. But yeah, you say, how did you, how did you know? And yeah, what was it? The need was it the the, the logic of they only have two churches for every mm -hmm. you know ten thousand people or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, again, I think we said yes for a lot of reasons. A lot of that has to do with our story prior to that, you know, um, and 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 the stats, like you said. But in the moment of like, there's. You enter a very clear discernment period when you're when you're facing like a big choice um, like this. I think you need to discern, and you need to, and you can't discern intensely for a long, long time. It can't be years long discernment. Yeah, uh, that's that's lowercase. This that's is capital D discernment. That's just indecision. Yes, right. So we're we're like on our knees a lot. We're asking people to pray for us, and and the enemy is really coming against us. In in those moments, um, we we were convinced that the Lord was calling us or inviting us because uh, throughout that process, you know, of how intensely it was, it was weighing on us, how, um, and, and, and part of it was a burden to, to minister the gospel to a place that didn't, where it hadn't been spoken, but, but that's not always the, what the calling is about. It's not always an urgency of evangelism. It might be an urgency of, of mercy. Like it might be, it might be a place where you need, to, like people have a need uh, that you're so broken for or so, so, um, we feel so alive to meet that need, you know, uh, yeah. it could be, so it's not, it's not only 
dark and light, although we could reduce it to that, I suppose, like like wanting to go where it's dark because the light shines brighter. But I, I would just say, the more that we brought it to the Lord, the more he kept saying, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And the more we were like, but really, is that? And the enemy would come against us and say, you can't do that because it's this so much money it costs. You can't do that because you have a little baby. And we brought that to the Lord and he was like, that's not even a thing. The enemy is lying to you. <laughs> I own the cattle on a thousand hills. You know what I mean? Yeah. You think yeah. your daughter's going to be safer from disease? In America, uh, let me tell you what she's going to be as safe. <laughs> let me let me fast forward you ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, right. So, yeah, which no shade, America, you know, handle your business. But um, <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, those the way that we knew, I think, that he was inviting us was that it wouldn't leave us alone, and and it was all those things. It was the it was the need, but it was also the we we might be suited to meet these needs, and it was the oh, our, our closeness with God, you know, as we bring it to him is, uh, we're, we're coming alive to this, you know, the more that we, the more that we talked about it. And I think that doesn't happen with everybody. You know, some people, the opposite have come alive. They just, they, they, and, and maybe that means it's, it's, God's inviting you somewhere else, you know, or it can mean a lot of things. It's, it's, it's hard to diagnose and we're all unique, but that's how it happened for us. No, I need you to give us the one, two, three of exactly how to do it. <laughs> the, the Ikea instructions of, uh, right. how to follow I got that's, the Allen wrench. That's all, that's all I need, man. All the hardware. <laughs> oh, that's really incredible. So you're, you're, you're back in the States now for a season. Mm -hmm. Uh, was this a COVID related thing? Was it just time yes. for you guys? A little bit of both? Yes. No, it was, uh, we probably were due back for a, a short respite, um, but we came back in a hurry because of COVID. Actually, uh, the way it works, we, we have to have a visa to, to be in China and uh, we couldn't get back in to renew our visas. Um, so like we left with stuff in the refrigerator. We left with like, you know, wow. our house was still full of things and our, uh, we, you pay rent annually, uh, at least in our city. And so we've had to, um, really close up shop for the foreseeable future. Personally, uh, we had to imagine, imagine your house and you have to get friends to come in and you're over zoom and they're like, do you want to keep this? Uh, throw this away. <laughs> imagine, imagine all the junk drawers that you would have cleaned out oh and not had your friends go goodness. through. Like, they're like, why do you have these receipts? And I'm like, Oh God, I'm I so don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, gotten to it. Tax uh, purposes maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I might one day need this. this one day, card. I might need to return that donut one day. <laughs> yeah, dude. So it was a, it was a pretty humbling thing. We have some friends who are still there because they never left. Um, wow. And they had to come in our house, and and we got about ten boxes worth of stuff shipped, and the rest we just either gave away or, or sold or or whatever. And um, so yeah, we're we're on a on this journey now where. We said yes to go to China and we planned to still be there. And then we left and the door closed behind us. Um, and yeah, we bring that back to the Lord and say, well, uh, what now? What next? What's next? Yeah. Um, we have this great network of, of prayer support. Um, and we sent out a, a little update about our situation. And within a week, um, a, a friend of a friend of my dad's had offered us their car. They're like, we just bought a new car and we were looking for somebody to give our old car to. Uh, wow. You can have it. And then uh, somebody else said, hey, there's a house uh, we have. We've been using it for these other things, but we can we can shift some stuff around. And if you can pay the utilities, you can live there for the next year. 
Um, Come on, when the man. Bible says, touch your neighbor Bible, and say favor. Bro, when the Bible says there's nobody who's given up family or lands or, or, or you know, money and, and stuff for my for the sake of my kingdom, for my sake, who will not receive a hundredfold more in this life and the life to come. I just totally believe that is talking about the church. So yeah, we leave behind our, our mom, but then with within the context of the people of God, we have these these women who come in and mother us, you know, and, and act as our mothers. And and it's the same with finances. Like it's the, you surrender that because we live on support, man. It's it's humbling. And and they, but you surrender that, and then you just bring that to the people of God, and look how they showed up, you know. Like yeah. it was. So huge. So that's why I say we were talking about this earlier. I think before the podcast started, like how you doing? And like, we're so blessed, man. <laughs> so yeah. I could tell you about, wow. man. It was hard to pack up our house, or man, it's my kids. They miss China. They don't know how to interact with American kids. There, there's all this awkwardness. I could tell you like those things, but the truth is that like the people of God and our our Father, you know, has our back and, and is just like blessing us in the midst of a huge, crazy transition. And that's really the bottom line. So wow. that's how I feel. <laughs> no, that's, that's incredible. I think you're entitled to that feeling. I think you've, yeah. you've, you've been around the block a time or two and yeah, uh, that, that's, that's a uh, good, good empirical evidence there. Hmm. That's, that's incredible, man. That's so encouraging. And to know you uh, beyond a, a podcast or a YouTube channel, to know you in real life, uh, this is something that I, I've seen. There's, there is a genuine, uh, sincere humility and mm. uh, a tremendous display of obedience. Uh, maybe one of the strongest I've seen in any Christian uh, of any age. Mm. So I'm so appreciative. And if you guys think that he's amazing, honestly, you should meet his wife. She's 10 times cooler. She uh, is. She's, she's pretty extraordinary. She is. She's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> True story. True story. Um, if is it okay to ask, and I don't know if it's if it's weird or tacky or whatever, but if people are more interested in what you guys are doing or how they can maybe come alongside and support you guys, is that okay for us to share that? Or yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I think probably the best way. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to this and you want to know more about like what we're doing in terms of the kingdom work in China, um, I I could. I could Facebook you. I could talk to you. I could talk to you about it in a lot of other ways. So I'm on Facebook, and you can reach out that way. Uh, you can reach out through the through the squad or however it works. And so okay. I won't I won't probably say it here, but yeah, right. if you want to know more, I'd, I'd be totally down to yeah. Get Is it a, can you tell people how to spell your name? Good point. Okay. <laughs> my reg, my first name is Christian. Almost said my regular name. As my regular to my name. name. <laughs> my superhero name. <laughs> my superhero name is the dragon. No, okay. Uh, Christian, and my last name is D Z A D E K. I have to spell that for about everyone, so it's dog, zebra, Adam, another dog, Echo, Karen. Okay, that's my name. Very cool. Uh, you guys, man, follow this guy. Uh, your your life will be a better place for for keeping up with his adventures. He is legitimately the real deal and is on my very very short list of christian heroes man like he is he's on the mount rushmore of inspiration for me R real deal that's um, super sweet of you dude and i would be remiss if i didn't say similarly when i need somebody to talk to and i need like a voice of wisdom or somebody who's gonna be real and take something to the lord you're on the list of the people 
that I reach out to you. Well, that uh, is my privilege. Real. Thank you, man. I appreciate I, you, dude. We've been down the road, man. I, we've known each other for a long time, dude. I mean, really. Look, when you went back and talked, told me how long Next Generation's been off the air, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's been that long. It's been a minute, man. We've known each other for about 20, 23 or 22, 23 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah his, uh, his, his stepfather, uh, I worked with his stepfather at our Christian school, and he brought him mm-hmm. to a cookout, and he's like, uh, this, is, this is my stepson, Christian. And he kind of pulled me aside. He's like, can you really, can you make sure that, he, you know, he maybe has some kids talk to him because he's really, really shy and introverted, and he has a hard time, <laughs> has a hard time, you know, getting out of his shell. Um, hmm. So I think we've gotten past that, haven't we? I think so. I think so. God is I good. remember those days <laughs> quite fondly. <laughs> well, man, I'm so proud of you and uh, your family and everything that you're doing. Um, God has got you in this season for a reason. And uh, yep. just take it for if it's rest, if it's regrouping, if it's a, a reinvigoration or a reimagination of where he's leading you. Man, I just pray that you will be as effective and as joy-filled wherever mm-hmm. he invites you next. Yeah. Well, well, that I appreciate is, it. Yeah, man. That's all the time we have for today on the Nerd of God cast. If you want to uh, join the conversation, uh, please connect with us across the social medias at Nerd of God cast. And uh, we would love to hear where you feel like God's inviting you. We will pray with you about that. Uh, we'll encourage you. This isn't the kind of thing that it's a spectator. You're only listening. You're part of this conversation. So if you say, hey, but, you know, I really feel like God's calling me to do this or to be here or to go there. Um, help us, uh, help us to help you. We want to pray with you and, and encourage you too. So uh, be a part of that. Yeah, I would be down to talk with anyone about that. Also, I really want to win the best thing ever. Uh, I haven't won yet. And who, who is your pick? So, so now, right now we've come down and best thing ever, and we're going to finish this next week. So it's Star Wars best thing ever. The final round is Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. Who, who is your prediction? This is the thing, man. Okay, listen. <laughs> I know what my answer is. I just uh-huh. don't know if I should pick, you know, what I want to pick is what's true to me. What is and true to you? What's true to me is Luke Skywalker. Right. Okay. Now, and that's every iteration of him, but but I realize the the coolness, the swagger of Han Solo. I I get it, okay? I saw the vest and the cool leather jacket. <laughs> I saw his transition. Also, he's a pretty cool father. I mean, at moments too bad. He's a great ghost dad. (laughs) Great ghost dad. Best ghost dad in Star Wars. Right. Um, But man, I can't betray. I I pretended to be Luke Skywalker, make believe in my room alone (laughs) for every day, you know, as a child from like, from when I watched the movie till I was 12 years old. So I I go with my heart and and go Luke. You kind of got like a little bit of an Obi-Wan Kenobi sort of vibe going on right now with your hair and your beard. I don't, I don't know. Like, hello um, there. Hello there. Uh, so you're, you're, you're settling in with Luke. I hope that you win. Um, it, it's tough. I, I thought you would have chosen Han, if for nothing else, but your storytelling time of when Han swoops in and says, all right, kid, you're all clear. Let's blow this thing and go home. Oh, such an amazing moment. Such uh, see, I thought that would have swayed, your daughters would have swayed you on that one. No, no, but okay. But in uh, Empire, uh, I watch with my wife and both of my girls and Han's doing, he's kind of like negging Leia a little bit. Yeah. And Ashley is like, this is not what men should do. <laughs> and the girls, <laughs> my girls are like, yeah, we don't like this part, this side of Han either. Oh, <laughs> so. scruffy looking nerf herder. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not feeling his, they're not feeling his vibes when it comes to that. Well, you know. He, <laughs> Sorry, he... I inter- 
I totally interrupted your outro. No, that's okay. That's this is this is not this is content. This is valuable okay. content. So okay. He 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 makes the Kessel run in in twelve parsecs, but it's a little bit more to get to your heart. That's what that's right. It's a journey for that's him. Right. Which what are you supposed to do if you're on a spaceship all day long with a with a walking rug? I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. When he says I know, everyone who thinks it's cool. Ashley doesn't want to be friends with you. They're like, no, she's like, no. The response is, I love you too. <laughs> it's it's only cool if she likes Star Wars more than she likes you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Get away with that crap. That's right. So, all right. For the Nerdy Godcast, Christian Zadek, thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, thank you guys all for listening. Until next time, we ain't got to go home. But we, we can't, can't stay here. here. Thank you. And you know, a lot of times when I think of it, uh, resilience, I always picture like this hardened sheriff in the old west, you know, with grit <laughs> and 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 like hard lines in his face. And something about me like loves that character. But I actually think that that's maybe not the best model for like the Christian life, you know, just to be hardened. Mm. Uh, and that there's this redeemed resilience of like, reliance on God and allowing allowing him to be fortifying us and holding us up and also relying on each other and community. Yeah, it's not about being hard on the outside. Jesus was like so tender and so soft and and, and yet like we want to be resilient and in that we can persevere, you know, and, and so yeah.